girls I join Welcome to episode two of Cults I Would Join, a podcast about cults that I would join. I'm Jesse Stone. I'm here with my friends, Amron Link and Madison Hadler, two fabulous girls who may or may not follow me down the slippery slope of uh, cult joining. We'll see. Time will tell. Every week I try to get you to go with me and every week... You're a couple of solid maybes. <laughs> <laughs> Always put me down as a solid maybe. Well, this week, I was really attached to having both of you on this week because you are going to have very different takes on this. I can tell as a girl who knows you both. Listen, neither of you are joining this cult with me. I can already predict that. Oh, okay. 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 However, you're going to see it very differently. So I'm excited. So I'm going to give you a hint about what this cult may be, the winner gets a free lewd linens tea towel of your choice. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> it's like mm, the way. High stakes. I know, <laughs> I know. Don't tell anyone I'd give it to you anyway, but okay, so here's your hint. Are you ready? I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> uh, the cult is snakes on a plane? <laughs> Close. Um... <laughs> You're getting there. You're getting there. The greatest film of all time. Yes, good. Are we talking about, oh man, the, are we talking about the revivalists? That's not what they're called. The, um, you're warm. It's, it's warm. I, the word is, I don't know, something with snakes. They're not evangelists. They're the, yeah, they're the, the, you know, they tame the snakes. They're the snake handlers. They're the snake handlers. They're the snake handlers. Okay. So today we are talking snake handlers. I'm very excited. Okay. Initial testing of the waters here. What do y'all know about snake handlers? I don't really think I have much knowledge. Honestly, the only thing I really think of when, and this is probably not great of me, but the only thing I think of when I think of a snake handler is um, like Jafar in Aladdin, just with his creepy little snake friend. Nice. Okay. Nice. This Madison, this is why you're here. Uh yeah <laughs> yeah that is better that's maybe better <laughs> Jafar really has an edge I think on maybe today's group but um yeah no that's a little biased of me but I don't I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion so when I think of snake handlers I don't know if I can give you a lot of specific words but I do have a very specific image and it's like a small church kind of a country area rural congregation speaking in tongues um like spontaneous healing miracles in the flesh very um i the word is still evading me but it's right there it's like it's i think you're looking for evangelical that's kind of what you've or or charismatic yeah charismatic i just want a charismatic thank you charismatic evangelicals yeah so that's really what i think of but then i also know about like tent preachers with snake handling a little bit. So I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I would have a lot of fun with both of you at this party that I've theoretically cornered you at. Emron, you're, you're actually, everything you're saying is actually spot on. And that is why I wanted you both here because Emron is talking about essentially, we didn't know this, but the church we grew up in, right? You've just described our normal Sunday mornings, right? Sans snakes. And Madison, as I expected, described a Disney movie because she did not grow up in this. So, and neither did we, right? Yes. Like when I think of snake handlers, I do not think of the church I grew up in. I think of very foreign 
to me. But what you described describes snake handling churches and also our churches. I'll get back to it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of the, the facty facts that I've got printed out here. And then we'll go from there. Obviously, I sourced this from Wikipedia. Props to Wikipedia. Give them the $3 when they ask for it. Real quick, here's the rundown of their origins. They're considered to be a rare century old Christian tradition of worshiping God with venomous snakes like timber rattlers, cottonmouths, and copperheads. Practice of snake handling first appeared in American Christianity around 1910 and uh, was started in southern Tennessee. It's also called serpent handling and it is a religious rite observed in a small number of isolated churches, mostly in the United States, usually characterized as rural and poor and part of the holiness movement. Participants are holiness people, Pentecostals, charismatics, or evangelicals. So what's interesting to me is that I didn't realize that it got its roots from, again, the same place that Amron, you and I, we all came from the same little group. We just splintered in very different ways. So it says here, the roots of modern day Pentecostalism lie in the holiness revival of the late 19th century when Methodists with sprinklings of Anabaptists, Anabaptists would be like Amish and Mennonite, Presbyterians and Quakers demonstrated their devotion to God by avoiding worldly pursuits like dancing, drinking, gambling, and attending theaters. They are characterized specifically by, this is so interesting. The birth of Pentecostalism specifically is attributed to when all these religions came together in a meeting in Topeka, Kansas in 1901, and they all resurrected one sign, one biblical sign, which was speaking in tongues, which had been in 2000 years of disuse. What? Mm, Wow. Not super popular at the time. Yeah. 2000? Bring it back. 2000. They hadn't, basically they hadn't done it, I guess, since like they talked about it in the Bible and referenced it in the Bible. And so it had been out of vogue since then. And so they brought it back 1901. And by 1919, we had snake handlers. So the snake handlers based this aspect of their faith on a verse from the Gospel of Mark. And it says, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. An interesting thing that I also learned, because I thought it would be really hard to find snake handling churches, which is one of the reasons I haven't attended one. They're basically an Appalachian thing. They are in other places, but they're thick through Appalachia, and that's that's where their origins are, and that's where they kind of stay strong. So I've now learned if you're going through Appalachia and you see the word oneness at the end of a church name, or the word Church of God Trinitarian at the end of a church name, or the words signs following at the end of a church name. You can roll on in and expect to see snakes. Mm, Okay. Yes, I thought so too. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. A little roadmap. Good to know whether or not you're intending to go there. Yeah. You can make your own informed choices. It is illegal in all of the country except West Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah, shout out to West Virginia. West Virginia is for lovers. <laughs> well, so it's Virginia is for lovers, so I guess West Virginia is for snake lovers. Snake lovers. <laughs> for snake lovers, yeah. I actually don't know anything about West Virginia tourism, but that's my guess as what they're going with. Yeah, I've driven through West Virginia a lot. It's always at dusk and it's known for its Smoky Mountains. So it's always felt really eerie to me. But I think we should make a t-shirt that says West Virginia is for snake lovers. Truly. I actually think that's it. It's our first official t-shirt moment. (laughs) Here's the laws regarding snake handling as they currently stand. There's a Kentucky law that mentions snake handling with a fine of $50 to $100. If you're caught 
religiously handling snakes. In Georgia, it's illegal. They used to, in Georgia, they they briefly were going to give the death penalty for snake handling, but they backed that down pretty fast. What? At what point was that an appropriate pace, you know? I mean, I guess that, like, somebody died of snake handling that was maybe... Okay, yeah. But isn't that a death sentence enough, you know? Like, they get punished. I didn't make the laws back then. If I did, Roe v. Wade would still be on the books. (laughs) I'm done. I'm done interjecting. (laughs) Oh, here, here. So that's kind of the origins. That's the legal origins, the facty facts. Now on to descriptions of the church. So it's been described as a magical and mystical part of a religion from old... Old America, which is now becoming extinct. It is characterized as being, you know, most popular in the Blue Ridge Mountains and in the Smoky Mountains, as I said. Here's something interesting. I watched two documentaries on snake handlers. One is from the 60s. It was really interesting. Only a 50 minute show. So I recommend watching that. Yeah. It is called Holy Ghost People. And it's just a straight up like videos of people in church snake handling. Really interesting. It's on YouTube. You can just watch it. So but here's what's interesting. So in the church of fairly like normal to you and me Amarin church services going on, you can hear snakes rattling. And that surprised me because I always wanted to go to snake handling churches, but the rattling really threw me off. Worshippers are encouraged to lay hands on the sick, speak in tongues, provide testimony of miracles, and occasionally consume poisons such as strychnine. They also set things on fire and burn their skin with them. Here's another thing. I was totally down for snake handling. I am not down for drinking strychnine. No, no. It's a little too much, right? Just the snake handling didn't feel like a hard line to me. So I was like, I can totally I'm as radical as any of these people. And it was like, listen, it's 50 50. A snake's gonna bite you, right? Oh, my. It's 100 100 that if you drink strychnine, now there's strychnine in your body. <laughs> yeah, it's bad odds. And I don't like it. That's true. You really are playing a different game when you're drinking poison. It's a big jump, I feel like. Like, I hear the Bible verse. I remember what I, I know it. But at the same time, uh-huh. not everything. <laughs> All the extras. Listen, there's a lot of verses in the Bible. Let's leave this one oh, behind, guys. This is not a literal verse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe focus on the one about how you should have like 100% cotton fabrics. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah, where is that? The touch, the feel. What's going on with that? Where's that church? I'll tell you where that church is. That's the 12 tribes. We'll talk about them another time. Anywho, services are emotional. They're exuberant events. Congregants raise their arms in worship. They speak in tongues. They shout. They dance when they feel moved. During the service, believers may approach the front and pick up snakes, usually raising them into the air and sometimes allowing the snakes to crawl on their bodies. Handling snakes is not compulsory for the attending service people. Again, they also routinely drink poison and sit there body parts on fire they don't set their body parts on fire they set like they basically start a molotov cocktail and then put their skin on it it's upsetting this is just a little blip from an article i cut out it says the handling of venomous snakes has significant risks ralph hood observes if you go into any serpent handling church you'll see people with atrophied hands and missing fingers all the serpent handling families have suffered such things So in another one of the documentaries that I watched, which was called Snake Salvation, it was done by National Geographic. It's also fully available on YouTube. Oh, Jamie Coots, a pastor that they followed in that documentary, had had his finger bitten by a poisonous snake. They don't believe in calling the doctor. That's the whole point. So he just let his hand rot for a month until his hand, his bone was just sticking out of the finger that had been bitten until the whole finger just fell off 
He pulled the black, bony, mummified finger out of his pocket and was like, here's my finger that rotted off no. my hand. No. But that's not the worst thing that happens to Jamie Coot, So I love Jesus so much. Look at my mummified finger. That is how much I love him. Actually, his wife, he was going to put it in the trash, and his wife said she loved him so much she wanted to keep his finger so she'd be close to him. Wow, that's... That is a woman. She is sticking beside her man, you know? Just, like, imagine what it smells like, you know? It's like a finger. I don't like any part of this. No, no, no. That would give me the ick. That would give me the ick. Thanks, Madison. I hadn't even thought of that. I found a whole bunch of quotes from people who were involved in the movement. Here are a few of them. One person says, there's such a power coming over you when you are obedient to the spirit of God. You are compelled to do what he tells you and you know it will be all right. Another person, um, when asked how it felt to handle venomous serpents, said, it's just knowing you got power over them snakes. So true. So true. Now that's a quote. A lot of people described it as like an ecstatic experience, right? Because here's the thing, and I'm going to pause at this description and actually go into it for a moment, because this is where I was really surprised. So I was watching uh, the very old, like the 50s or 60s documentary of uh, the snake handlers. It is just black and white footage of them in their churches, right? Um, And what shocked me wasn't that it was so crazy and I couldn't believe what was going on. It was that it was so identical to the church that I grew up in that I was bored. I was bored and I looked up at the kids in the video and they're falling asleep on the pews just like I did when I was a kid because like the adults are jumping up and down and dancing. I have heard about snake handlers my whole life. I've always wanted to be in on that scene. And so I assumed it must be some crazy thing that was unfamiliar to me. It was, again, so familiar that it was boring. I knew the songs they were singing. But here's what the service was. They started out singing a lot. They did sing in a really beautiful, old-fashioned way. Having gone to Amish church, it actually sounded just like Amish singing to me, which is very specific and different. It's like a guttural, yodely harmonizing that's a very old way of singing. That's like strikingly beautiful. So I do recommend you actually watch the documentary just to hear the old way that they sing in Appalachia, which sounds just like Amish singing, except in English. Uh, It was really beautiful. Anywho, but so here's what they were doing in their sermon. They'd start singing and then somebody would shout out prophecies, right, that would come to them. Then people would start jumping up and down, clapping, dancing. This is not everybody. This is just some people who feel so moved, right? Somebody would start convulsing. This is pre-poison. This is just a regular church service. Somebody would start convulsing and fall down on the floor. Other people would catch them and lay hands on them. It's a little mosh pity. Uh, People would start going around the room, laying hands on each other. They would start speaking in tongues. They would start screaming for no reason. They would start convulsing on the floor. And nobody thought this was odd. This is just what you do in church, right? Which is to say, snooze fest, do it every Sunday, right? This is why I wanted you here because we didn't grow up in the same church, but I think we grew up in similar churches and you did attend the church that my sister is now a pastor of. And they do all these things. So Amarin first, because I think this is more familiar to you. What are your thoughts on this? Normal, boring, or weird? I appreciate you asking. I would say normal, probably. I would put it normal. I wouldn't say boring for me because I would say like my setup was more traditional, more calm, a little less 
There was less jump. There was more decorum, maybe one would say. But the literal interpretation of the word was the same. So it was not a hard jump to be like, oh, yeah, we can handle poisonous snakes because the Bible is literal. Right. So in that way, we have that. It, that's what I wanted to say, really, is in that way, we have the exact same experience, because when I see this, I'm like, maybe the action seems a little foreign to me, the follow through, but the belief 100 percent is there. So I would say, yeah, normal. Normal is where I would rank it on my scale, probably. So then, Madison, I'm really curious because I think that I have always thought that this is what church is like. And even though people have always said, Jesse, you grew up in a cult, I hear them and I echo that, but I can't really conceive that most people go to churches where that doesn't happen because I don't go to those churches. I don't, I can't really imagine it, even though people tell me that's the truth. So Madison, as a person who didn't grow up in tongue speaking, falling on the floor, hands healing churches, what do you make of this? We're still pre-snake. We're just in the regular, this other stuff. Yeah. And so maybe this is, it's just so funny because maybe this is just my obviously personal religious trauma because I went to like private Lutheran school and went to church and was church girly. But I always remember like, and I do not believe in God now. I don't really know what's going on, but I'm obviously gay and not very, I don't align myself with the church anymore, I guess is a better uh, way of saying that. But even when I was in church and I was younger, I felt really weird when people would just put their hand up while they were singing, when they were like feeling it or whatever. I, and maybe that was, and maybe that was partly because I did not feel that way. I was like, how are you feeling moved by this? Like, I feel uncomfortable. Like, this doesn't move me. People would sing and get passionate and people would put their hands up like a lot of older people would. Like, not my parents, but like my grandparents would and like that kind of thing. But people dancing and... I don't know, like we had VBS, so I guess you could count that as people dancing to like, but not in the same way, not in the speaking tons, not in the classic. Like, so no one ever fell down on the floor in your church and convulsed? No, absolutely not. Unless there was a problem. I, <laughs> I don't think we had a Sunday that didn't happen. I just think I would create like, no offense. Oh my God. I would, I would feel secondhand embarrassment if somebody... I guess it's just because I'm like, why? Why? Over who? Over a man you've never met? Over a man you've never met? You're going to fall to the ground? Sorry. I don't, I'm just like, oh my God. Wow. This is fascinating. We represent the full scale. It's, it goes it goes Madison, Amron, Jesse, and in terms of extreme <laughs> experience here. Now, Amron, have you put your hands in the air when, when singing in church? I absolutely have a gajillion times. I've done it at home by myself. Why, yes. Why, yes, I have. I was like, called to my feet many times like there would be like the you'd feel the spirit of god and you would stand and it would represent you know it'd be like in a certain period of time so it would represent something but you would feel the spirit moving and it would be very like communal there'd be hundreds of people there yeah it was very intense so like i definitely again more rules more decorum but the situation very much the same um in terms of belief and i've also then for more context, been to the same churches, some of the same churches that you are talking about uh, and experienced that. That did make me uncomfortable. I won't lie. Some of the like, it feels normal to me for other people. I don't know how to explain this. Like seeing other people do it. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But like 
I myself am like, no, 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 thank you. You know, like, it's okay if you start speaking in tongues, but do not start looking at me. No eye contact, you know, like, that's your thing. That's the spirit of God with you, baby. That's for you. So yeah, it's a personal relationship. Don't involve me. Don't involve me. That's how I feel about that. I love group worship. It's my favorite thing in the world. It feels really good to me. I very easily pick up the energy of that everyone else is putting out and it gets me really, really high, for lack of a better term. Um, like any group that is in a worship stance, I can completely vibe with that and it feels amazing. And and Madison, to your point, like over some guy I never met, not even on my radar. I'm just like, we're all one. Like, I'm not even thinking about which religion I'm in. I'm truly not. I, I'm like, this moment is amazing. This moment is what God is. This is what I'm connecting to. It's a oneness through the universe. And I love it. So I could never in a Lutheran church do that because I wouldn't have other people to vibe off of. I too would feel embarrassed for people in that scene. I will say this though, at my sister's church. Now remember my sister grew up in the same cult that I did. And now is a pastor of this church with her husband in her church, which is an off, obviously a continuation of the church we grew up in. There's a stack of blankets. Amber, and I'm sure you know this for people who go down onto the ground convulsing and it, there is a stack of blankets there because it's so normal. It's somebody's job to just go put a blanket over that person on the floor. And then we all just walk around them. And sometimes you use all the blankets, depending on how awesome the morning is, right? Here's my one confession, and then we'll move on from this. But at my sister's church, which I have attended a lot because I love the worship, they were doing that thing where they slay you in the spirit. They kind of James Brown you down. So like your hands are up, you're in the spirit, and then some spiritual master who is higher up in the hierarchy than you for sure comes by and either thwacks you on that forehead or on your chest with just their fingertips and you are knocked over flat on your back and there's somebody again it's someone's job they they knew it when they came in that morning it's their job to stand behind you so that when somebody slays you in the spirit which is to say they thump you with their fingertips and you fall over like a dead person the person behind you catches you, mm. lays you on the ground. The blanket person puts a blanket on you and they walk past and go to the next person, right? So I say, I say all that to say, I did once go down out of politeness. <laughs> oh my. Because you can't just stand there and be like, I don't know, it didn't work on me. Like it's, it's a line of people falling down before you and after you, and it would be really rude. Uh, so. I can't reject a thwump. Yeah. I think that's literally church right there. I think it is, well, the person before me did it, and the person before them did it, so it's probably good. Not to say it's not fun or good. Mob mentality. <laughs> Agreed. See, so, yeah. I think that probably two out of those 40 people really like got the oomph, right? Seriously. No, that's true. There's always some people there that I think are actually divine. That's true. I think there are people that are, are particularly tuned into the divine. And I think that there are people who at whatever Sunday it is are at a major crossroads in their life and are ready to get knocked over. And sometimes that's you and sometimes it's not, right? <laughs> so like, yeah, I think out of the 40 people, two every time get the actual oomph and the other 38 of us are being polite. I was certainly being polite. I was like, all right, let me let me give a soft landing. So I say all that to say that is a snake handling church. It is, it's exactly like what Amarin and I grew up in to the point that I thought it was a yawn fest until 
Like, so they're doing all this stuff and it's, it is chaos. There are people falling down and dancing and yelling and blah, blah, blah. And suddenly somebody pulls out a snake and it really, it is not a natural progression. It is like, snake on a plane. It's as upsetting and discongruous as snakes on a plane. So no, it's fascinating. So, so they get the snake out and then they just keep doing what they're doing. They're dancing and they're praying and they, but now there is a timber rattler as broad as a Coke can like wrapped around their neck and it's not thrilled because it's been in a box all this time, right? It's not having a great day. And that's the crux of the religion, right? Here we are. This is the crux of the religion. This is where they deviate from all the other churches because now they're picking up a poisonous snake and they're dancing with it. So they will tell you, and and I read a million quotes that were basically all more of the same, like it's euphoric. I feel so powerful in this moment. Um, I'm sure it is. And they also say you're not supposed to pick up a snake when you don't feel led by God to pick up a snake, which I do think is pretty effing relevant. I, as a shoplifting teenager, only shoplifted when I felt like it was safe. And the one time I thought it wasn't safe and I did it anyway, arrested. So they do believe that you don't just go around picking up snakes. You pick up a snake when you are so much in the spirit of God that you are going to be creating evidence to other people that God protects you from poisonous snakes. And then they pick up that snake. And a lot of times they don't get bitten. But that also doesn't surprise me necessarily, right? Because they are so, they're zenned out in that moment, right? They're in a different place spiritually. They're super open. That probably means that their instincts are really up. Their feelings, their responses are really up. They're just in a different place than you are when you're like shopping at Target, right? So they're picking up the snake. Animals can feel your vibe. I don't know. Listen, a lot of these people get bitten. Shopping at Target makes me feel pretty euphoric. That was a bad example and you are correct, ma'am. I take back what I said. I too love Target. Maybe Menards. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're they're middle of the road. So I can see how you you don't always get bitten by snakes when you are in a very zend out place. That said, still, a lot of people do, in fact, get bitten by snakes. Watching the, the documentary from the 50s, they go through the whole worship surface. The pastor is, is dancing. He's all zend out. He gets out a snake. In the documentary, this snake bites him in the hand, right? And then you watch him. The religion says, well, I guess God wanted you to get bitten, right? They don't believe anything's gone wrong. And it's crazy because you see his face and he is no longer euphoric. He is a man who is made of flesh, who has been bitten by a deadly rattlesnake. And he is terrified. He is now a person on the earth with the rest of us. And he understands what's happening. And snake bites are painful. They're immediate. You die really fast. It's horrible. Like it makes your blood just come out of all of your veins in your body. It's horrific. Not worth it. And so you see him in the documentary, go down on his knees, go down on the floor. And these people love him, right? They're surrounding him. And now they're all faith healing him, right? They're laying hands on him because they're not going to call a doctor because that is their faith, right? God will make the decision. They're very upset. They love this person. They know this person. He might die, right? And then for reasons I'll never understand, the documentary ends. So I just assumed that this person died. I deep dived it and he in fact did not die and continued handling snakes and died of natural causes as an old man. But generally speaking, these people die. At this point in history, snake handling is actually having a resurgence. 
Okay. But so the snake handling church has now split into two different groups and it is the old school snake handlers and the new school snake handlers. Yeah. The old school church of snake handlers is the more traditional church. If you go to their church, you're going to still see them speaking in tongues, doing their faith healing, all of those things. You're going to see more long dresses. You're going to see more headscarves, things like that. They're going to be singing the older hymns. They do not believe in going to the doctor. Thusly, they have many deaths. Um, So like many churches, they're the old school faith, which is the harder core and all of that. The crux of what they split over is the Trinity versus not the Trinity. So they baptize in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the name of all three. They're called Trinity Believers, and Trinity Believers are the old school snake handlers. So when you're driving by those country churches and you see Trinity, then you know, or Trinitarian, then you know that you're, that's an old school snake handler church, right? So they're going to look more Pentecostal, more old school, more holiness church, right? Also, they really avoid the media. This is partly because, again, from their traditions, it is illegal. This religion is illegal. And it used to, as we know, have a harsher punishment. And so they used to have, they called it bush churches or bower churches, it's interesting because it goes so along with their kind of brand, right? They would like basically carve out little churches out in the woods and everybody would bring chairs and they would have just these little clearings in the woods and they would handle snakes and that would be, you know. How would their snakes not run away? Slytherin cottage core. Okay. What's wrong? Yeah. Let's make it very millennial if we can. I don't know. I am so down with a forest church, baby. Give me a forest church and I will be there. And if there were snakes rattling about, it would feel more natural betwixt the outdoor setting. And they'd be less angry. Well, if you if only you could like leash a snake, then I could maybe get behind like a harness. But I feel like they're probably not holding these snakes in like a way that's very uh, kind. Well, that's what I'm saying. How do they not run away? escape them well yeah and what happens if they bite them does it like these are just a very toxic snake on the loose (laughs) so generally when a snake does bite someone they release all the venom that they have and so if they were to bite someone again it would be called a dry bite i learned this from this so you you might get some toxin and it would definitely suck but you wouldn't die from it because you'd be getting a dry bite i learned a lesson today Wow. So why don't they just have the snake bite something first? Interesting question and kind of the crux of the issue, right? So let me, I'm coming back to answer you, but let me wrap up this. So that's the old school. They don't call doctors. They are Trinity people, right? And they do not um, allow for uh, media, partly because they're, they're used to hiding and having forest churches. And partly because, and I quote... They feel they preach for three hours and handle serpents for five minutes. And the only thing that gets aired are the snakes. Unfortunately, guys, that's such a that's such a specific complaint. Unfortunately, that's what happens. Animals will always get the screen time. They will. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're dancing with them and they're deadly. That's right. They just need a better social media person stealing the show. (laughs) Here are two quotes that I saved from from some of the old schoolers. One man says, I've been bit twice by a copperhead and I didn't go to a doctor, said Jemmy Morrow, 65, the serpent handling pastor of the Edwina Church of God and Jesus Christ name in Newport, Tennessee. The very long church names. I just stayed home and the Lord healed me. I know a lot of good brothers and sisters who say that when they die, they want to die while practicing the signs of the gospel. 
So that's a prime example. All the quotes from the old school people are exactly the same as that. Uh, One man who was 18 said that he had his initiation into the church one night. He said he'd been praying for a sign from God when his father approached him with two copperheads. Lord, I can't do this, Abram said he immediately thought, but he accepted the copperheads into his hands. He said, there's no feeling like that on earth, knowing you're holding death in your hands and it won't do anything to you. He sounds like the Fault in Our Stars quote that's like the cigarette. He's holding his cigarette and it's like, if you put it in your mouth and you don't light it. You know, that's what it sounds like. (laughs) It's a metaphor. You see, yeah. That incredible similarity. That literally is exactly the same thing, except for the cigarette really can't do anything to you. Really can't do anything to snake. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking definitely yeah. could. You're not wrong. Um, so that's the old school, right? And Madison, that kind of answers your question, right? Because why don't they have their snakes just dry biting? Why don't they have less poisonous snakes? Because you're not getting the high if you're not getting the risk. I mean, listen, I find this is a true story. I find live garter snakes in my kitchen every single morning. I have a cat door. I have three cats. They're terrorists. They just bring in live snakes for later. But it doesn't terrify me because I know that garter snakes aren't poisonous, right? It's definitely startling and upsetting and I effing hate it, but also they're just garter snakes. And so I don't have to like zen out about it. If there's a copperhead in my kitchen, I'm going to lose my shit. That happened to me one time. And what did you do? My dad handled it, which was very nice of him. Thanks, dad. Shout out, dad. It was on the broom. We walked into the kitchen and it was like looped around the broom. Very pretty. Also very, very scary. Uh, my dad put on some really thick rubber gloves and he grabbed the very, very end of the broom. Well, he like smacked it down on the floor, grabbed the end and just like ran and flung it over the fence. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we probably should have like offed it, but we did not do that. Yeah. Unalived it. But I think he was just nervous. He, I don't think he wanted like, you don't want to like take the chance to put it down. And then, I mean, like these people do want to take that chance. So I guess that's what we're saying. But my dad not that committed terrifying to the scripture yeah i mean he is but that's that's a lot yeah that is why they use poisonous snakes i mean the bible does specifically say they take up poisonous snakes but sure they could put them in a state of of not being ready to bite but that literally takes the fun out of it and then it's not a challenge and you're not really risking anything for god which is their point right um, so the new church, which is the the more modern version of the church, they're very media friendly. They're the ones that did the documentary with uh, National Geographic, which you can, again, see on, um, it's called Snake Salvation. It's on YouTube. So uh, you can watch their whole thing there. They recruit young people. They mostly recruit drug addicts. Uh, not, I mean, people in recovery is who they recruit, right? People in recovery, people who have been homeless because they're vulnerable, But also they kind of are predispositioned for this, right? If you're coming out of an addiction situation or homelessness, you kind of need hard hits. You kind of can't hang with boring life. So you're really set up to like a church, like a snake handling church. So they they kind of specifically recruit those kind of people. Obviously, the old school church do not like this at all. The new school church also goes to doctors. So if they get bitten by a snake... They will go to a doctor, which uh, because and here's what they say. uh, The new generation need to focus more on healing, speaking in tongues and casting out demons. That's another thing. When you look at their churches, they're not doing all the practices that verse that they're drawing from speaks of. Right. And that their traditions lead them to. They're not speaking in tongues much. They're not healing in the spirit because it isn't a holistic thing for them. It's like it's like 
a CrossFitter started a religion. Now I'm confused. We covered this and now I'm like, why did the old church not go? Oh, no, I get it. Because they would not have the problem in the first place that the punishment is deserved if they experience it. We did go over that. Okay. So the old school people, another reason that they handle rattlesnakes and copperheads specifically, can anyone guess? Hint, they're poor. They live in Appalachia. They're underneath the rocks. They're everywhere. You just put them in a box, right? So the new school goes to snake shows. They buy cobras. They buy black mambas. They buy extra. And they're always really excited about It's like a bunch of men going snake shopping. By the way, they're literally in the, de- in the documentary, they're in debt. They're in snake debt for all the snakes they've bought. They're literally like, well, can't pay the heat bill this month. I'm not making this up. They can't pay their bills because they are buying so many exotic snakes because like it ups the ante for them, right? Like, oh, if a copperhead's badass and a fucking black mamba is really badass. Like something that I noticed in the older churches, it is mostly men who handle the snakes. And it is also uh, maybe 5% of the church attendees that handle snakes. Most people do not handle snakes. And it is not out. They're not just floating around the congregation. They're up at the front of the church. There's usually a little wall between the front part and the middle. So they're not crawling back where the children are. Um, most people who are a part of this church just consider this a part of the worship service, but don't handle the snakes. It is mostly men who handle snakes, although women do. But I notice in this new church, it's even more just men handling snakes and it's much more machismo and there's a lot less of the other gifts of the spirit going on. And it is just it's it's real snake focused. So that's the newer the newer church. They do go to doctors because they've seen so many people die horrible deaths. And they just say, you know, the Bible says to handle snakes, but it doesn't say we can't go to the doctor. It's basically. Ew, if somebody whispered, are you ready to die to me? No, correct. And and again, if you know you can go to a doctor, how are you really exercising any faith? Okay, so I think the only like aesthetic portion that I would like of the old church is the is the outdoor foresty ceremonies. I think that I could get into that. But the new, I feel like I if I were to join this cut, I would probably be a part of the new crowd a little bit. I could get into the flash a little bit. I, I'd do anything for a costume. So, I mean, like, okay. The old, I would maybe give, like, a three. Eh, you know, kind of boring. Done it, done it, seen it a million times. New for, like, a religion to have, like, flashy kind of like that. Like, that's kind of cutie. I would say I'd probably give them, like, an eight. Yes. Also, uh, it's very easy to visually see them apart. The new members wear jeans rhinestones leather jackets tattoos you know it's it's very it's not your grandma's snake handling church um and and both churches are bringing their young people into it they're bringing their teenagers into it and introducing them to it in the new one this is a a 16 year old girl was brought into it and she said for me handling a serpent is like being totally absorbed in the spiritual experience you become unaware of everything around you it's also a release of all negative emotion which is part of why i do it And they say that if they were bitten by a snake, they would go to the doctor. That's the split. That's the old versus the new. In the documentary on YouTube, the more recent one, two men who are the leaders of the snake handling church, right? One of them is a young 20-something who's kind of new to the whole thing. He's the one that's all over social media and bringing in all his friends off the streets. The other one is like a fourth generation snake handler, right? His grandfather died of a snake bite, his father died of a snake bite, and I believe his brother died of a snake bite. And he is still snake handling, or he was in this documentary. Ultimately, after the documentary was over, he died, caused by a snake bite. (laughs) But here's an interesting turn. Um, So 
uh, the other kid, the 20 something, who honestly, I did not like as a person in this documentary. He was just very like, I handle snakes, I carry death in a box. And I was like, you're just a you're just a bro, dude. He said, since Jamie died, I've offered a rattler to no one. I'm the shepherd and I'm responsible for what, for what happens in this building. So I'm, I'm interested in how that's going to evolve. I think he personally still handles snakes, but he does not offer them to other people right now because his fucking friend died. And I think at 20 years old, he thought, you know, people don't really die. So here is just a little rundown. This guy's brother was also handling snakes. Their last name is Coots. Uh, so his brother, uh, little Cody Coots, had draped a timber rattlesnake around his back. And as, conf- as congregants shouted and a piano played, I believe in the Lord God Almighty. And if he says I can hear him, I can. Coots bellowed to the microphone. But after he shifted the snake down toward his chest, the reptile lunged at his head, striking the artery near his right temple. His father... His grandfather, his brother have all died of snake bites, right? It's literally the family tradition. And one of the congregants leaned over to him and said, are you ready to die? And he said, no. He went to the hospital. It was a gruesome recovery. It took like 15 days. was horrible. And he lived because he went to the doctor. So some lessons are being learned. It's very interesting. That's what we know. That certainly wouldn't help me feel more ready to die. You know, like there's a nicer way to say that, you know, like it's time for the afterlife, you know, I don't know, something nicer. All right. So guys, this brings us to the end of the snake handling uh, discussion. Now we have our, our weekly questions. Question number one. So here are our list of questions again, since we're kind of new to this cult aesthetic, one through 10. Think about it. Wackadooiness, zaniosity, actual cultiness, and then would you or would you not join? So cult aesthetic and go. So again, I've kind of described the older members dress kind of a depression era, some scarves on the heads, definitely long skirts, you know, uh, Pentecostal. They dress Pentecostal. Newer people were talking rhinestones, jeans, Appalachia chic. <laughs> yes. Living low key living your truth out there. Yeah. <laughs> Rhinestone style. I like that. This is why we all met each other at a farmer's market where we dressed up as vegetables. That's literally the roots of all of our relationships. That does make sense. Yeah, we do like costumes here. That is a costume friendly podcast. Thankfully, let me uh, let me add just this one fun factoid, which I didn't put in the presentation, but it is a thing and it's in my notes. Uh, There was uh, a a convicted attempted murder of a man trying to murder his wife by forcing her hand into his snake boxes, because keep in mind that these snakes live somewhere during the week and they live in snake rooms in these pastors houses. Yeah. So um, this is going to be hilarious. But for me, the new age guys can go right to hell. Um, and I mean that literally, I'm sure I have some very serious qualms with some of their behavior. If for some reason I know anyone that's into that, I apologize. My aesthetic rating for them would probably be like a three. I'd say I think the snake thing is interesting, but I think aesthetically not high for me. Now, listen, I have the benefit of having seen snake handling documentaries. I've seen like movies and aesthetic plots that have been kind of based around this stuff. So I have a little bit of an edge in terms of picturing the full aesthetic and and like outside of the clothes, maybe specifically, because when I hear Pentecostal clothes, I won't lie. I was mistaken for a Pentecostal a lot growing up. It was always an issue I did not like. Um, I don't know why. Pe- different sects of 
Christianity do not like to be mistaken for each other. It's very weird. Um, but I, so like that doesn't super appeal to me, but I actually am kind of into the headscarf, long skirt look. I like the pastoral vibes. I like the white school building church houses by the river. I like the bare feet. I love all of that. I like bloomers, which sometimes come out in these dynamics very rarely. They wear bloomers. I think they do. I mean, probably underskirts, but they'll, they're out there making some things happen. But yeah, aesthetically, that one, it's probably going up to an eight for me. Um, it's drugged down a little bit by the women's oppression that I can see in the clothing choices. Yeah. Show me the church where women have it good. I don't. <laughs> so I would say for the aesthetic, uh, I'm I'm with Amarin on this one. For But again, if y'all could see the video of us, you would you would see the difference between the three of us. And Madison does look like the new school. And Amarin and I do look like the old school. Um, even as we sit here, not dressed up for this party. I'm a zero on the new cult aesthetic, but I am, I wrote down a five to six on the old timey one, because again, pastoral, white church building, listen, if uh, I love a head covering, you'll never get me off head coverings, long skirt, I wear them all the time. Were I to stumble into a forest meeting of people hand holding, praying, snake handling and bare feet with long skirts and head covers. I'm not overstating this. If that's where I'm going to die, that's where I'm going to die. I'm getting in. So yeah, I'm all about the old school one. I really like it. Um, all right. Wackadooiness, zaniosity, one to 10, Madison. Okay. I feel like it's more wacky to me than like zany and crazy. Cause like when you guys described the charismatic church, like I have heard of that and like that kind of stuff, it's not like completely lost on me. And so it's not like, oh my God, so foreign. And like, I understand, I can see how some people get to that point. But to me, I'm just like, I just cannot relate. It just couldn't be me handling a snake for the Lord, unfortunately. I just don't think that I could do that. So that's where it gets wacky. I'm just like, their intent, their reasonings behind it. I just can't, like, that's what's wacky to me. Like, okay, you're going to handle a snake, whatever, but you're going to do it because you're praising the Lord. No, you're going to count me out. I don't know. I don't know. Let it happen. Yeah. Take me away, Lord. Amron? Uh, so predictably, I'm not, I don't find this super wacky. I, of course, the poison drinking and some of that stuff is going to push us a little higher up on the scale. Oh, they also drink lye. I forgot to say that. They drink strychnine and they drink lye. See, and lye burns bad. I don't know if you know, like if, if it even like touches your hand, you know, because we make, yeah, laundry detergent, but the burns your hands up. It's very bad. I can't imagine doing that internally. I would say let's give it a four. Um, and all four of those points are coming from, and this is a personal scale. I want to say that for the listeners. And this is a personal scale. I can only rate it against my own things. I don't think that everybody is going to rate this a four. It's not what I think. Uh, but for me, I would say, yeah, it's four. And all those points are just coming from the the uh, acts of God that they are like the like the miracles of God that they're pushing a little bit further than my comfortability level. You know, get ex- get charismatic all you want, but let's leave the poison in the cupboard. Okay, let's let's keep that at home. <laughs> I was a, I was real low on the wacka doingness too because I mean that we're going to cover so many cults to do so many crazy things and this one um, especially to me was again like literally just my own church growing up which does not feel wacka to me 
Uh, you know, except, okay, they handle snakes. So like, you know, I too would be like a four, except people might die at every meeting, which really spikes it to an eight. So at that one, for that one point, I do give it an eight. There's literal somebody might die at every gathering. But aside from that, it was lower for me. Um, actual cultiness on a scale of one to 10, I gave its actual cultiness a five, right? Cause again, we're talking like cult cults are like, you don't talk to outsiders, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is more of a, like, if you are handling snakes and almost dying together, you're pretty fucking bonded, right? Like if, if everybody in your group is like, we all lack the Bible. Well, okay. Lots of people do, but like, we all handle copperheads. That's a real specific thing that is really specific to your group. So I put the cultiness at a five. It's not like you're like in a compound and can't see anybody and have to sleep with the leader. Um, so I was just a five. You can go home at night. So that I'm a five on that. Thoughts? Uh, I'd go down even more, honestly. I don't, I because for me, where I'm drawing the bright line is actually the whole when you're led by God to pick up the snake, then you pick up the snake thing. If I felt like they were like putting them in a line and saying like, you pick up that snake, we're doing this together. That's what it is. We're going to get, you know, like, then I would be like, right. Yes, exactly. If it was more Samuel L. Jackson-y, then I would be like, okay, big time cult vibes. What is wrong with you people? But like, I feel like this is like a wacky dewy community, which I respect, but it feels pretty consensual to me. And I feel like there'd be hard feelings if you left, but I also feel like, and I unfortunately do know that um, you're not going to get totally, what do you call it? Excommunicated. Yeah. It seems like their only real thing is that you go to the church services, which doesn't seem like crazy restrictions. I mean, Within the church service is a little bit, you know, crazy, but outside of it, like you kind of just live your life. Yeah. I'd probably a five, I think is a, or a five, I think a four or five, honestly, like, eh. yeah. And they just kind of like, wouldn't invite you to dinner anymore, but it wouldn't be like, it would be like out to get you. You know, they wouldn't be like, God, no, you know, like they would just, there's no show about leaving the snake handling church. Yeah. They'd be like, sorry that you're not going to make it to heaven, but Hey, it's all good. You know, like that's the vibe that which with most Christians, I think, but still shunned. Yeah. No, I, I, I did have that thought as well. Like, I suspect if you left a snake handling church, you'd be like, oh, I used to go to that snake handling church up the road and people would be like, oh yeah. I don't know. Not obviously not removing the death thing because that has to stay in play. Um, if I encountered this cult at the wrong slash right moment, yes, I think I would join. I do. I honestly do. The woodsy thing. I mean, like I might have to go back in time, but I think there is a time in which this soul could join that cult. You know what I mean? It makes me feel kind of uncomfortable. Like maybe I'm bonded with the snake handlers in a weird way, but hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. And, and your snake handling friends would be like, Hey, Janice. Sigh at the grocery store. Okay, which which leads us to our last question, which is, would you join this cult? I would say so. I would say I feel surprised a little bit. Like I'm not, I promise I am not hamming this up for the podcast. I do feel a little surprised at how high I feel comfortable rating it, considering how I felt coming in, you know, and feeling more like, yeah, I could potentially join, you know. Okay, let's set aside the Christianity part. Let's Let's say that you're fine with that. That doesn't bother you. Would you pick, would you be like, I'm into this snake handling scene? Let it be known that I did not have this information when I said, yes, I would join. And that would absolutely take me out. I could, even though I'm not like a big snake gal, 
I couldn't do that. No. Well, I think, I mean, Emma, no. I think truly the religions we grew up in did evolve from the same uh, roots as snake handling, which I did not realize. Um, and so, yes, I think it probably resonates with you more than you would have thought it would. A poison-free life. Say goodbye. Because it's purely based on the Lord Christianity in that sense, I would say no. I just don't think I would feel comfortable knowing that someone could die, even if I was at the new church and even if they were like, set, like able to get doctors, like... I don't think I would feel comfortable watching someone do that. Like, I don't think I would get a euphoric feeling from watching that experience, if that makes any sense. So I think I would say no. That's interesting. I had kind of a reverse journey because, again, I've kind of craved joining a snake handling church my whole life. And when I watched the documentary, two things really struck me. Thing number one was exactly what you said, Madison. I can see myself with everybody handling snakes and being in the worship space. Like I know how I get in those spaces and I definitely zen out with everybody else. But watching people, getting to know them in a documentary and then knowing they literally died getting bitten by a snake, I really did feel like I don't want to love someone and have them die. That's real. And I don't like it. Um, it, it, it the spectacle of a snake handling, I'm, I'm kind of into and, and all the spiritual stuff. I like it. But if I were a member of that church and I loved somebody and they fucking died, and then a couple more of them fucking died because that's what's going to happen, um, I would really hate that. And I don't think I'd stay. The other thing was that uh, they seem to not actually treat their snakes very well, which really surprised me. They kind of just keep them in a snake room and in like small things. And the snakes have a tendency to die pretty quickly because they are so unhappy. Not because they're not feeding them. They do feed them, but the snakes won't even eat because they're not happy. Yeah. So they're not even treating them as like reverend either. Like they're just using them as literal props. Right. Correct. And then they're just like, well, another snake died. They don't live long. And it's like, well, you stole them from the wild, so. I've definitely talked a big game for a girl that is desperately scared of snakes and would freak out if saw one on side of trail, you know, like that seems like I've been a little assumptive about my own ability to get over some phobias, but I do like the idea of it. I definitely, I'm going to throw one more millennial callback for my, for my millennial friends. I am a Slytherin. I've been down with the snake aesthetic for a while. That's, all. That's it, Amarin, same. So here's the thing. If I walked into that group in the woods, I would abandon everything I loved in that moment and just join. And that is the hard truth. But your friends dying and the way that they treat the animals, uh, walking out with that with that pre-knowledge would unfortunately keep me out. So I've, I've got a yes and a no here for myself. And I thought I was coming in with a hard yes, like you, Amarin, thought you'd come in with a hard no. All right. Well, girls, I always enjoy talking about cults I would join with you. Thank you so much for your willingness to go on this journey with me. I'm very excited about our next group that we're going to be talking about. And just a word to the snake handlers, in case any of you listen to this, we're being a little tongue in cheek. Uh, I appreciate that my people are literally from Appalachia and absolutely I have roots in this kind of thing. Uh, mad respect to all of you. I hope you all are healthy and well and safe and and we're just enjoying talking about religions that we like so um that said happy monday and i can't wait to tell you about our next group it's so hard not to tell you right now you're going to be surprised it's the craziest yet okay well sweet dreams oh wait wait before we go you can find me jesse stone at lewd linens on all the things Madison, where can we find you? 
Um, you can find me personally at mad underscore Hadler on Instagram and pretty much everything. But you can also find my personal podcast at Loudmouth Pod on Instagram and everything like that. So. Woohoo! My name is Amarin, and my social handles are a playoff of that. So if you want to find me, my handle is Amarin, except for it's Am A Ren like the bird, W R E N. So that's it. Love it. Yes. Amarin. <laughs> All right, guys, find us there, and we will talk to you about some great cultiness next week. Bye. Peace. Ooh, cults I join.